You're listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. Each week, we take a single episode of a science fiction TV series or movie and overanalyze it to within an inch of its life. Welcome to the discussion. Hello and welcome to another episode of Fusion Patrol. I'm Eugene. And I'm John. And tonight we've got two more challenging episodes of Ultra Q. Uh, Episode 18, The Rainbow's Egg. And episode 19, Challenge from the Year 2020. Oh, if only back then they knew what challenge this 2020 offered. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, eh, we'll get to that after The Rainbow's Egg, which goes something like this. Two truckers are transporting a highly dangerous, vaguely egg-shaped container of enriched uranium to a new industrial city in the country. They see blooming bamboo, which is an ill omen. Then they see a golden rainbow, and finally, a monster emerges from the ground, wrecking the road, the truck, and clearly killing both truckers in the avalanche and fall off the precipitous cliff. Meanwhile, a group of precocious kids also find a bamboo flower, but Grandmother doesn't tell them it's a bad omen. Instead, she tells them that when the bamboo blooms, if you find the rainbow's egg, it will grant any wish. The kids wish to restore Grandmother's ability to walk, so they begin the hunt. Yuri, Jun, and Ipe are out searching for the truck so that Yuri can file a story. They find it, and the two truckers, who aren't fatally or even very badly wounded after all. They tell of the golden rainbow. Eventually, Jun surmises that the monster, Pagos, which was recently seen in Beijing eating uranium, might be here. They warn the new industrial city. Meanwhile, the kids find the uranium and, thinking it's the rainbow's egg, with chains attached to it, They attempt to haul it off somewhere. Pagos arrives and starts to trash the industrial city. They are hesitant to use the new neutron missiles because they don't know where the uranium is, and it might explode. When they learn that the kids have it somewhere else, they kill the monster. Also, Grandmother gets up and walks. The end. Oh, these... These two episodes, I'm not going to leap forward to the second one, but but these two episodes, I haven't, I haven't got much. But I think they were done in one right after another to test the audience. If they can I stick am. with these two and, and wait for the ones afterwards, then you know they are dedicated. I'll tell you what, though, when when Rainbow's Egg started, and we had the guys in the uranium and the truck and the <laughs> monster and everything. Yeah. I actually thought this one looks good. And 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 my thoughts were like, you know, this one's this one's got some promise here. And no gang of precocious kids. Mm-hmm. And then the gang of precocious kids show us up. And yep. they weren't just the kind worst. Of head south. Yeah, no. They weren't the worst. But No, there there've been much worse kids out there. Uh they were not I mean were they needed in this story? No. No, not really. No, they really could have. Uh, I think They're they probably. like the B plot. Yeah, I think if they would have dropped the B plot, uh, they probably would have been able to tell a better story about Pagos and all a that nice stuff. twelve minute story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And once again, the children are thieves. They were stealing eggs. I don't understand I, this. I, 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 yeah. Um. Well, they're not stealing them per se. I mean, what is ownership when it comes out of a chicken's clica? Yeah, it's just redistributing uh, eggs. That's it. They're just moving them from one place to another. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they were the grandmother's uh, uh, chicken house. That's that's true. It could have been theirs, or or one of the kids' parents or something. I mean, yeah. it, it, it might not be quite so nefarious as it as it seems, but uh, yeah, it's just. You know, the the promise, the premise, the, the idea that this was meant to be... I, I'm not going to say this was meant to be an adult show. It was meant to be a family show. But this really feels like pandering to the little kids. When you'd think, in the audience, I mean, 
when you'd think it would be the monster trashing things that would be what the kids would be watching for. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's if I were watching for, you know, when I watched a Gamera film as a child, do you know what I liked? Monsters, Monsters fighting. Stuff. Yeah. That's what do you know what those. I hated? All those the annoying little kids. Well, yeah, that too. They were terrible. Yep. And, and they're just like this. They're just these annoying, little, precocious, obnoxious children. And yeah. And they have their ringleader who wants to find the golden egg as predicted by the... Rainbow. Rainbow egg. Yeah, I'm sorry. Golden egg, rainbow egg. I don't know. Golden egg. I'm getting it mixed up, I guess. I don't know. I am. That's next week. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, and uh, yeah, she seems uh, dead set to uh, to make her wish to have her grandmother walk in. Little did she know that probably the grandmother can walk. She just doesn't choose to because it hurts her legs too much. Yeah, it could be that. Yeah, that that was. I think that was part of my thought. Was that grandma probably could walk? It's just that grandma doesn't walk. And right, you know that that that's not so uncommon. But kids might not understand that. Because, I mean, right. if you could get up, why wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. Or maybe she's so tired because she goes and uh, collects all the chicken eggs early in the morning, you know, like 5 a.m. before the kids are up. Yeah, every day. I'm out doing the eggs. Um, 2,000 hens there. You got a lot of eggs. You do. You do. That's assu- well, that's assuming your rooster's on the jobs. Um, yeah, well, that's another kaiju for another episode, I'm sure. The chicken monster. <laughs> the other thing is... The kids, let's try to get the kids, picking the kids out of the way. Okay. You've, you're, I can't, wow. (laughs) I don't even know how to phrase this. I can't envision even being a kid that age and being so, uh, we could call it naive, but I'm going to go with stupid. (laughs) That when you find, uh, when you find a, a large, presumably cement or metal encased, yeah. thing that has chains bolted into it right that you think that's the egg yeah it's clearly man-made and if it didn't have the chain if it didn't have the the chains in it maybe but that's really the dead giveaway yeah i i think the the girl was kind of we'll say delusional Simple. but uh <laughs> pretty close to it where you know she was definitely wanted to see grandmother walk and it was in her mind that that is what she was going to find so that is what she found and and it also apparently gave him superhuman strength i know i did some quick calculations on that egg and <laughs> uh, lead is less dense than uranium, uranium. i believe right yes and if it was a, a sphere of i forget what the number was but i think i'd estimate on the, the low end side it would weigh about 2,000 pounds. Yeah. It would be heavy as hell. It would be heavy, yeah. And they managed to get it, move it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, sorry, even with chains and being kind of spherical, you're not going to move that very well. And plus, who the hell would transport any amount of uranium in a, a, an oblate spheroid with four chains attached to it suspended in the back of a truck? I don't get I, it. I don't get that either. And it's not enough. Either. It's not enough enriched uranium for a reactor, unless your reactor is the size of a refrigerator. Well, that big city only needed a little. Um, I, yeah, I, I really don't have a good idea of how much uranium is needed for uh, for a reaction. So uh, you know, I'll take your word for it there. That well, that's, if you, uh, you get about thirty-seven kilograms of the stuff, and you've got a problem if you mix it all in one spot. Uh, you don't need a lot. But you'd want to have some hefty shielding around it. And uh, that spheroid, I think you could probably have something about the size of uh, an orange, which is, I suppose you can make a... Maybe 5, 10 kilos. Um, probably more than that. This is pretty dense, maybe 10 or 15. But still, I don't think that's going to be enough for much of a reaction. Unless this is like truck one of 50. Yeah. Well, they can't do the others because the road goes... Got... And you know, yeah. the other thing is, I I was being a little vaguely impressed by parts as i recall it has been several days since i watched this mm. going into it that the the effects when the monster came out and the some of the landside stuff and the looked good it was, it was oh, yeah. some of their better stuff and then 
I'm like, yeah, we're, this is, and then, uh, damn kids. <laughs> they really, they really ruined it for me. All right, let's see. So, for apparently, Japan loses a truck, two drivers, and a chunk of lethal uranium in the in the countryside. And whoa, the newspapers send Yuri out to find it. <laughs> and 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 more than just that, they send her out on a deadline because she's got to get a story in. And I guess the story has to be, we found the uranium, because mm-hmm. there's no evidence that anybody else is out looking for it. Right, exactly. Just, just June, hire up his helicopter and you guys go look for it, would you? Yeah. Uh, and if you find it, tell the Japanese Nuclear Regulatory uh, Commission where it is. They, they might be interested. I'm not I wonder, sure. I wonder if that was called TEPCO back then. Hmm, might have been. Yeah, I don't know. But oh, uh, yeah. oh, by the way, a typical reactor has eleven. Or sorry, has a hundred tons of enriched uranium. Hundred tons. Hundred well, tons. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, this is probably this is this is the new uh, for Japan. You know, they they're not crazy about that whole radiation stuff. So I, I think yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's just their, it's, it's just early a, reactor. I'm sure. Very poor early. idea. Sixties. Yeah. But the audience wouldn't know. No. Heck no. Hell, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I didn't even I, I had didn't to look even think about on, it. on the Google interweb thingy. Yeah. And it didn't, that, that didn't even cross my mind. It's like, okay, well, they got some sort of reactor and they need a little bit of uranium and okay, fine. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I never really looked into the, uh, the magnitude of that. So, uh, you know, a, another strike against this story. <laughs> I guess. Anyway, it's those pesky kids. I I do like the fact um, that, well, once again, of course, what what the heck? June is a a pilot and a science fiction author. Is am, am I right there? Is that that's what he is? I don't think he's an author. I think he likes to read the books. You know, no, I thought in one of the episodes they said he was a science fiction author as well. Um, yeah, or one of the earlier episodes. Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why he's Something the like go-to that, yeah. guy when you need to know something. Like, hey, this could be Pagos, or <laughs> yeah, you're right. To the Antarctica right. for Pegula. <laughs> yeah, it was the uh, the golden egg from Mars, I believe. I think that was that episode when he mentioned it, something about writing science fiction. It, it could be that one, or it, it might have been the one where they had the uh, the plant that was sucking the blood out of people. Well, it could be that one too. Because I think I think uh, Yuri may have said something about this might make a plot for one of your science fiction books or something like that. Hmm. I I that that's kind of where I got that idea. But anyway, um he he's the one that notices Pagos. Hey, he was in Beijing, so maybe that's the same thing. I, I don't know. I'm I'm thinking maybe that should be a little more famous than that. Well, you know, they keep it hush hush. Only certain people in the uh the news and the aviation industry know about such things. <laughs> <laughs> and science fiction authors because so, actually, Oh yeah, of uh, course. Because you know they've always had that uh, that deep network of uh, information sharing that all science fiction authors uh, are privy to. Yes, yes, indeed, because they have to come up with areas for new, <laughs> yes, the, for uh, new secret, stories. Secret masters of of fandom. <laughs> <laughs> and for all you smoffs out there, there's a name drop. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Bish didn't see that one coming, huh? Ooh, 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 no, I didn't see that one going. Um, <laughs> do they still have smoths? I don't. Know. I have no clue. I think they've all died out. There. I extinct. haven't heard that term in twenty years. I mm-hmm. honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I do like the fact that they had the the new neutron missiles, mm-hmm. as opposed, I guess, to the old neutron missiles. Yes, to get some of the fresh neutrons, not the not mm-hmm. the stale ones. Yeah, the nice and, ones. And they actually just you know kill the monster and we're done with it. Yeah. Boom. See, they could have dragged that way out. Yeah, they could they have. They could have had, they, uh, they, well, the budget would have gone way up because it would have had a lot of effect shots of the ray gun tanks shooting stuff and then the ray, ray gun tanks being melted and the jets flying by and those getting blown up. Yeah. I, you know, I have a hard time believing this show goes for a budget cutting uh, exercises. I mean, the whole premise of the show is it's special effects attack. Yeah, it's well, just, I think that's why we have the pesky kids. 
Mm, yeah, and it could explain the, the, uh, the uh, Conagon episode where they just had the one kid in a costume and they were running. Yeah, mm-hmm. I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> anyway, but they can't do it because of the uranium and then they find the uranium and then they blow it up and it's done. And I swear, I mean, there's nothing deep in this episode. There are no challenging ideas in this episode. It is just... It, it it just is a series of events, and it did not impress me much, except at the very beginning, before the kids arrived. I thought, this might go somewhere, and then it didn't. <laughs> yep. Uh, which which means, at, at, the, at the ridiculously early point in this episode, I think it might be time to move on to the rainbow's egg. But, uh, <laughs> not to the rainbow's egg, sorry. Time to move <laughs> on to challenge from the year 2020. All right. The uh, synopsis for that one goes a little like this. It is longer. I'm not saying it makes any more sense, but it is longer. (laughs) The Japan Defense Force sights a UFO and scrambles fighters. They are destroyed. Therefore, no one believes it happened. Lieutenant Colonel Amano is disgraced. Soon thereafter, people start disappearing, literally in front of the eyes of other people, including Yuriko. That is, Yuriko sees someone disappear, not Yuriko disappears. Anyway, her boss doesn't really believe her. So she goes to the only logical place she can, her friend June. As it happens, Lieutenant Colonel Amano has also approached June for help with his mystery. June can only work on one mystery at a time, so he chooses Amano's problem first. They fly out over the ocean to the spot where the UFO disappeared. There's nothing there. So obviously it was radar failure and Amano was tired. Somehow relieved by that, they turn back, only for Jun to disappear mid-flight when he's touched by a mysterious blob of liquid. Ipe had noticed that the events seem very similar to a book called Challenge from the Year 2020, written by the insane Professor Kondo. The book purports to detail a series of alien abductions by aliens known as Kemmer. If the book is right, the people disappearing are being transmitted to the planet Kemmer in the year 2020, where their bodies will be used to extend the life of the Kemmer race. The liquid attacks Yuriko, but she gets lucky and escapes. Now a believer, her boss arranges for her to have an unimpressive police protection in the form of Detective Udagawa. The Kemmer put in an appearance. Before we proceed... With the following sentence, get your mind out of the gutter. This is a family-friendly program. The Kemmer make people disappear by ejaculating a viscous liquid from a hole at the very tip of their head. Based on the information in the book, Ipe and Amano try to contact insane Professor Kondo, who was let out of the mental institution because... He was incurable, much like healthcare in the United States. Yeah. Kondo has already been removed, but he left behind the K Miniod, a device that can emit X channel light, something that will defeat the Kemmer. It turns out that Udagawa isn't actually a bungling cop, but is actually well informed, having been insane Professor Kondo's best friend and the person who committed him to the mental institution. <laughs> Well, while, while he saves Yuriko from one attack, he loses her in a second. He traces the Kemmer and Yuriko to an amusement park, and they shoot the Kemmer in the head. He then enlarges himself and menaces everyone. Like a blowfish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's go like like a blowfish. <laughs> yeah, let's 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 just leave it like that. Amano and Ipe managed to use Tokyo Tower to emit a beam of X-channel light, knocking Kemmer down. Kemmer then ejaculates on himself and disappears. (laughs) 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 The missing people reappear. The end. (laughs) I had to watch this one twice to even make any sense out of it. It was so... uh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> what, whatever happened to Utagawa? I know. Oh yes, Utagawa actually stepped in a 
<laughs> at the very end, Kemmer, he disappears. Kemmer like, ejaculate, oh. and he disappears. Yes. Yeah, so what? He's on the planet in 2020. Uh, the the could Kemmer be. planet. Or is he just disincorporated? <laughs> I, yeah, well, no, I think he said I disappeared after he was gone, didn't he? Or helped well, me after yeah, he uh, actually disappeared, so... I, yeah, uh, I, I don't think he's <laughs> invisible. I think he just, the voice is the last thing that goes, apparently. And apparently, also, if you're holding a glass of milk in the air, it also falls uh, to the ground well after you've disappeared in some twist of Chuck Jones physics. I, I, I have a question for you on that, because I sure. I thought very, it's actually in my notes, I thought very much the same thing at first, but... Looking back at it and, and considering the circumstances and, uh, and, and the relative lactose intolerance of Japanese people, uh, I'm thinking that might have been orange juice. Oh, it could have been, yeah. Orange would probably yeah. read as a light-colored col- liquid. Yeah, so I, I was thinking that. But it, uh, my first thought was, hey, that's a big old glass of milk. But then I thought, I know, that really? was kind of weird. That caught me by surprise. And I, and I thought the effect was terrible. I mean, the glass literally hangs in the air at least, I don't know, 50 seconds. <laughs> it's oh, not that bad. It's like more like two or three. Five max. to seven, yeah. But still, after the guy's body's disappeared, it's Gone. still hovering yeah. in space. And then it continues to tip and then falls to the ground. Yeah. Meanwhile, the girlfriend, I'm assuming girlfriend, is standing right behind it and is, is shocked, I guess, but not like... Well, fair enough. Screaming, <laughs> but... I don't know. It just kind had, of. If you've had your city trampled by monsters repeatedly over the oh, last good point. several months, giant you know, plants, a guy disappearing around. and yeah. milk spilling. Like, nah, oh God, no, not enough. Great. Yeah, that's that's not a that's not a screaming. That's more of a. Huh, maybe I should report that to uh, the JDF. But since it disappeared, they're not going to believe me. So exactly, uh, yeah, they're not going to bother. Oh well. Okay, so the opening of this. Episode, Mm-hmm. There are things about this one that's a, a little more interesting than the other one, and, and there's something else oh, yeah. I want to cover when yeah. we're done with it. One, so the the JDF, the Japan yes. Defense Force, their radar room picks up a UFO. Multiple military guys, top in the room is Lieutenant Colonel Amano, but mm-hmm. are looking at this. They've got they scramble two jet fighters. Right, the jet fighters see it. Although I don't know that they got a chance to say anything about it. And the yeah. jet fighters blow up. Right. F-104s go boom, boom. Yep. Now. Why he would be blamed for it, I don't I, know. I don't know that he was blamed for it. I think it was just one of those things like, well, you know, uh, you guys did something. You're, you're wrong. I I don't know. He, he obviously sits in front of some sort of, I don't want to say it's a tribunal, but it's obviously a collection of officers. And he's making his report. And mm-hmm. then they're basically saying... We don't believe it. It's like, how, how can you, how can you operate on that principle? You lost two jet fighters, right, and the pilots. That, that, yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Soldiers are cheap, but the jet fighters are kind of expensive. You know, <laughs> it's but, the price the, of of training them that's expensive. That's true. That's true. Um, but um, <clears throat> yeah, so the the fact that they do that is is weird. Weirder still is that he goes to Jun. Mm-hmm. There's no indication as to why he knows Jun or I think why... it's that, that science fiction author uh, uh, network. You're a science fiction author, so so maybe I should take it to you. But if they've had a military, let's call it a tribunal, mm-hmm. deep investigation, investigation, inquiry. Yeah, if they've already had that, then this is Crucial. days, yes, days, right. So then they fly out over a blank piece of ocean where he saw a UFO and they go, nope, don't see a UFO. Yeah. I guess it was radar failure and you were probably tired. And then and Amano is like, yeah, you know, that makes me feel better about it. What? <laughs> I, yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> what? Well, you know, it's not there. Why are you going? What, what did you expect to see? Something painted on top of the waves that said UFO was here? <laughs> Like, right, exactly. And there would have been military vehicles of various types scouring the area for... For the pilots. Uh, for the pilots, primarily, and then any wreckage Black that might boxes, give an indication yeah. as to what happened to the aircraft. Was it a mid-air collision? Were they destroyed by 
alien forces? Did they just randomly blow up? I mean, that's something you want to know. You got more of these planes. You don't want them randomly blowing up. Yeah. So you would think that it just... <laughs> It'd be quite a, quite a bit of investigation. And no, I, I don't understand why he was dismissed because of this. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, maybe they... I, and uh, and I don't know that he was dismissed. I... I I, it was unclear to me as what they did to him, but I, I just got the impression that he was sort of. Uh, I think they actually said. Yuriko uh, said that he 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 was dismissed. Ooh. Yeah. Was he still wearing a uniform though? No, he's in a suit. Business suit. Was he in a suit? Okay, so he yeah. got drummed out of the military for this. Yeah. Uh, I totally don't understand that, but I I don't know. They I guess don't. If you are Japanese it, are a lot uh, more strict. The pilots and the aircraft are the commander's responsibilities, and if the pilots go missing and aircrafts go boom, then the commanding officer takes the fall. I I would say somebody wow. has to, he has to fall on his sword, but that's probably inappropriate in this case. Eh, weird. It, yeah. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> it's a it's a June light episode because he gets disappeared early. <laughs> True. Yeah. Right. As he's flying. Fortunately, the guy next to him was an able-bodied pilot. Probably. Yeah. Well, he, he he showed up in the scene afterwards, and he was on the yeah. ground, and he wasn't beaten up, so. Well, I mean, I, I you know, it's not quite as it's not quite as bad as if he'd just been some random civilian. I mean, he is in the, the JDF in the air division, whatever they call it. Mm-hmm. So, hey, odds are he may have been a pilot <laughs> at some point. So, yeah, I, 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 I'm... I'm I'll take that one. I'll take that one as a, as plausible. Uh, yeah. Even like, yeah, it, it wasn't like shocking. I was like, oh my god, how did he survive? It's like, no, mm-hmm. obviously he was a pilot. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're all pilots, all of them. You know, everybody in the JDF is a pilot. That's uh, sure. It's just the rules because you live on an island, so there's, so there's no other way fly. off. Yeah, there's no other or, way on and off the island boats. except by flying. Boats. No, no, no. They don't use boats. No, 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 no boats. No. Okay. They got they got rid of this. I think they lost floating that in the amphibious tanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah. Ipe, bless his little heart, he's read a book. Oh, good Challenge, for him. Challenge from the year 2020 by the insane Professor Kondo. Amazing Kondo. luck that he read that book, too. Boy. Kondo. Kondo, yeah. It's, I, I, this, I, I got a feeling this, that that Kondo guy was like a, a, like a Von Daniken type of character. That's He claims to have received this information telepathically. Yep. From somewhere, but but what is the? I mean, the whole thing is just so bat poop crazy. Yeah, that's why it, I mentioned it, Von Daniken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it it it's like or, or any of those authors from the '60s and early '70s. Their all of their stuff is just weird. Yeah, yeah. Um, but the aliens are oh. coming to Earth from a planet. In the future. Yeah. And not like distant future either. Uh, 54 years, I think it is. Well, in a cosmic sense, that's a not even a blink of an eye. Well, maybe they're 54 light years away. I don't know. It just it made no that, sense yeah. whatsoever. It made no sense whatsoever, except that, of course, obviously that it wouldn't work that way. Numbers. But... They're numbers. <laughs> they're numbers. That's why it makes sense. Numbers. It, it's, it's like... Why is that little piece of weird detail in here? That it, because it you know, makes why not it more challenge from the planet Kemmer? You know, I, I, and then none of the people appear to have been transmitted to the year twenty twenty, or maybe they were. I don't know because Yuriko didn't go there; she went to the amusement park. That's when things got weird for me. Uh, (laughs) that was the part where it started getting weird (laughs) up until this point everything was completely believable insane but as soon as the ferris wheel showed up oh i don't know in those teapots oh boy yeah the bit where she so she is transported by the the hold on let me get it right here it's the um energy what do they call it Something energy source. Erasing energy source. Erasing. I got to Yeah, my notes say here. erasing Auto. energy source equals goo. Yes, the erasing energy source transports them to the year 2020 on the planet Kemmer. But in her case, it transports her to the, the amusement park. And when she's in the amusement park, she sees June. 
and uh-huh. Julie's very happy to see her, right. and they're smiling, and she's running to him, and it's it looks like a it looks like a scene out of a romance yes. film. The two lovers finally running together. Finally, June and and Yuriko are are going to express their their love for one another, and then uh, Uragawa shows up and's like, no, 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 and then suddenly June turns into Kemmer. And runs in just the weirdest darn way. That was and... a strange chase. Yeah, that kind of loping, bump, bump, bump Roop, at sixty bump, miles an hour. Yeah, with yeah. the cars chasing him and everything. That was wow. That was bizarre. I, I think that was probably some form of time travel. Yeah, and then a time dilation. Yeah, it could be yep. something of that nature. Yeah, and and that's weird enough. But at the end, when June comes back for real. And he stands up and he sees Yuriko and he smiles at her and she smiles at him. And they're running towards each other like two lovers who are finally going to get together. And when she gets right up to him, then suddenly she screams and runs off. Right. Confusing not only June, but the audience. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Making the audience go. uh, I'm thinking that this might be another case of uh, a... uh, cultural semaphore that we are not privy to because we weren't brought up watching Japanese TV to the extent that a Japanese national would have. Perhaps. Perhaps. Yeah. It, it, it makes no sense whatsoever. And when she was in the carnival area, all of the well, not all, but pretty much all the uh, the camera shots and the audio effects they had going on, I thought she was unconscious. In a dream, yeah, of some dreaming form. or something, yeah, yeah. It was the Dutch very angles surreal, and the audio had kind of a reverb to it. It was very surreal, and then the Kimmer comes along, which obviously is more surreal. And then he gets shot up with bullets. Then he puffs up like a blowfish to be fifteen stories high, and then shoots goo and blah blah blah. And yeah, yeah. So we have that, and we have. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you about the electronics. Okay. Can you have any clue what a K-miniod? I don't know. It's some sort of a tube. I don't know, but it's the size of like a diode. So it's it's very, very tiny. So I, I didn't know if miniod or, or some variation was an actual electronics uh, term that I've never heard of or, or something. It was just, it was very mini diode, mini-o, mini I don't know. Well, I know that um, ode was thrown on the end of some things when you're talking about certain types of tubes, like a... a uh, triode, and that's why you have diode. I think it's probably Greek or Latin, something about a, a connector or something like that. I don't know. I never looked it up. But no, I have no idea what a miniode is. Okay. Uh, and then, so obviously, a K miniode is even more uh, oh, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Mm, rare. Yeah. And it can emit well, X channel light. Right, X channel light. Mm-hmm. X channel light. Right. Which, Which uh, early uh, uh, primordial um, uh, betazoid raids. Yeah, yeah, uh, which Barthes will defeat rays. the chemist. Mm-hmm. Berthold rays. Berthold rays. rays. There we go. There we go. Berthold. Yes. The guy from Baron Munchausen. Berthold. Right. Yeah. 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 So yeah, yeah like, <laughs> and and of course therein lies the so insane professor <laughs> Pondo. I keep calling him that, but they basically call him that. Yeah. Every time they 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 talk about how he's crazy. It's to differentiate between uh, him and the not insane. Professor Kondo, who's ah, an yes, agronomist and built and uh, grows giant plants. I don't know. Yes, yes, uh, that he that he picked up a seed pod for in Tokyo. <laughs> yeah, just um, a random seed pod. Hmm, let's grow this. Random, oh, yeah. Who we never see. Yeah, the, I was kind of surprised the, at that, but oh well. The the part of the book, I mean, the fact that there is this book and that this book is giving away what's going on and therefore <laughs> gives them the way to do it. And that he apparently got that information telepathically from the Kemmer. Why would mm-hmm. the Kemmer tell him so that he could write a book about events that are going to happen, which explain how to wipe them out? I think it was a, a Kemmer fifth column. That's what it is on the planet. They're trying to, to thwart the the Kemmer magistrate in their, their cruel imperialistic uh, enslavement of other races to uh, better to to uh, further their own race uh, i don't know i just made that up and of course the book also conveniently explains why the kemmer are here mm-hmm. what the kemmer want they're like 500 years old and they have replacement surgery apparently they can't put their eyes online 
<laughs> on a level. <laughs> well, you know, they drift after a while. Uh, uh, they, they drift as you're watching them. Yeah, they're kind of like, moving uh, up and down. To, yeah, to, there's uh, a fish like that too. I think. Yeah, I, I think is is it a is it a sunfish? Is that the one that's like that? No, I it's think a the flounder. Is... The flounder. Flounder. Uh, I was thinking the sunfish is the one that has turned over on its side, and its its eyes have both moved onto one side of its body, or some. No, weird... that's a flounder, I believe. So, hey, uh, any uh, ichthyologists out there? Let us know. Yes, or ichthyosaurs. If there are any ichthyosaurs yeah, listening, listening. Yes, please, please get in contact with us. We'd like to talk to you about a research grant. Yeah, um, just grab that flipper and, uh, and and move that mouse and email us. <laughs> um, <laughs> so where were we? Uh, we're, what were we talking about? Light. We're oh, talking right, about yeah, external light. light. Yes. And why the camera gave us gave them why the book? What I mean, I I, I don't know that I've ever <laughs> seen a a a plot contrivance where there is no way for us to know what's going on in this story. I mean, if this just happened, let's take the, let's take the book out of it and right. people were disappearing. And then there was this creature and they shot it and then it died. Right. They would never know what the heck it was doing. Correct. There would, there would never be any explanation unless they cornered the creature and he said, my people from the planet Kemmer are 500 years old and we have perfected science, but our bodies are weakening and we must have your bodies. Oh, no, this is just taking too much time. Here, take this book and read it. Yes, we'll send the book in advance so you have a chance to, uh, to, to study up on our invasion plan. We'll send it to you five years ago. Want yeah. it, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I think it would have been more interesting just to write a story about the book. Or maybe that's why they did this, because they couldn't write a story about the book. Yeah. You know, just write that one. But it's just this is just a, a a truly, truly bizarre piece of television. Yeah, and it I don't know why, but having the book in there with the details of what's going on and stuff just really makes me feel like a nineteen sixty nineteen seventies UFO man or a, a novel. I don't know why. Yeah, I'm going to blame yeah. uh, Leonard Nimoy and In Search of. <laughs> we can blame them for a lot of things. That's what I'm doing, and and Eric von Daniken, and and, and I want to and I want to just and I want to just go here and say that I often really appreciate some of the kaiju or kaijin or in this case seijin designs. Ooh, what's uh, a seijin from Japan? Uh, alien. Oh, okay. Or, or uchujin or seijin are words they use for oh, alien. Okay. Uchu is space and sei is star, I think. Okay, if I'm not that makes more mistaken. sense, yeah. And so, uh, like, so baltan is baltan seijin. But uh, in this case, I think it's, I think it's kemer seijin. Um, this costume is bizarre. We've alluded to this, <laughs> but if you, haven't, if you haven't seen the picture, his eyes are in... Are in vertical slots they're big glowing eyes they're about the size of tennis balls um and they're in vertical slots the slots are not horizontally level they are parallel to each other but they're not horizontally level and so his eyes are going up and down in opposite directions uh and they are never they are never in a stereo pair position no it he's not it doesn't look like a predator it looks like prey He's looking out both sides of his face at the same time to make sure nobody sneaks up on him. But but he does have one very unique physical characteristic, and that is a, a, a long, extended, curved and slightly droopy um, nozzle. Like, nozzle? Let's call it a nozzle. Kind of a little trunk-like. I would say it's more like a lantern fish. Yes. Uh, or, up over, yes. Or maybe some sort of an insect that has a lure. Yeah, which spurts out. Let's That's use very spurts accurate. this time. Yeah, uh, complete this... with body convulsions too, which is disturbing. <laughs> oh my. Viscous goo that is the erasing energy source uh, goo. Yeah. And I cannot imagine the 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 kaiju design team sitting around thinking no one's gonna think anything of this 
No, no one's going to think there's anything to this. It's, uh, it's perfectly innocuous. Uh, a creature that ejaculates all over people. It, it spurts. It, it spurts. It spurts. It spurts. <laughs> it spurts. I was going for the technical term. Um, <laughs> yes, but that sounds rather rude. Uh, it, it does. <laughs> well, let's just say that, that after much thought, about it, I came upon that idea to use ejaculates <laughs> as the correct term. Yes, uh, yes. I, yeah. I'm not going to even going to. Yeah. Continue. Do, do we go on there? So, uh, where's that I, explicit tag? Yeah. <laughs> like, so we're not talking about anything dirty here. We're talking about an alien <laughs> and his erasing energy. Strange physiology from the Physiology. Alien. Very strange physiology. In fact, I think the alien had no naughty bits at all because he was completely naked. Well, we don't know that, but we would assume it, I suppose. He looks he looked naked. I don't know if anyway. Yeah. Bodysuit. But yeah. It's 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 a weird one. And it, and that's just how it and it ends. Like I said, the the or as you mentioned, Utagawa, there at the end, and they've all run off and not he's not even he's not even bothering to try to look at the other 15 people that are in the teacups that have returned. I know. They were there in one scene, and then they pull back for a wide shot, and it's just June standing there and nobody else. It's like, where did Oh, they I go? thought they were still in it, but yeah, no, they were no, there when gone. the cloud descended. Yeah, and, Maybe they um, ran off real quick. So he's, you know, about to walk away. Uh, you know, nothing to, nothing to see here. Just had a monster attack and everything. And there's a puddle of the goo... <laughs> And he he looks at it and he he thinks he says what harm could it do something like <laughs> that and then sticks his foot in it and, what harm indeed it and disappears yes he is a, one one step to becoming a precocious child right there <laughs> yeah <clears throat> so um that is and that's the end that's mm-hmm. the end that kanji comes up on the screen boom and then. Uh, and then we're we're done, we're we're done. It's a bizarre one. It's a bizarre one. Do you have anything else on this one? I liked the uh, visual effects of the uh, the solarization with the the negative effect they had on the uh, people who were oh, being the open... transported. Yeah. Oh, right. That was kind of cool. Yeah. Was that yeah, a and variation the, in, the, in the, of opening the opening credits? credits? Well, yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, where people go negative and stuff. It's called solarization, but yeah. I, I I pulled that up. I, I have a note there. It says, uh, like, my notes read like this. UFO military scramble. Dead. Bosses think he's nuts. Weird credits. Negative. I mean, this this is how I write my yeah. notes. <laughs> it's like, they yeah. were weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah says, like the solarization and uh, shifting lighting. Yeah. Like post-solarization. It, the Slatterberg effect. Yep. And I noticed a lot of the shots that they had done, they pulled a very... Uh, uh, I guess shallow focus. Yeah. So that like the line of military officers, only one officer would be in focus. And, and that's a kind of an interesting effect when it's, uh, when it's been solarized like that, because the, the one that's in focus is very sharp and craggy and, and detailed. And then the others have a sort of very mushy know. and, and yeah. uh, soft look to them. Yeah. Yeah. Really As if nice. they're out of focus, except that it's because of the weird effect. It, it looks right. Right. They're out of focus, but there's a gradation that's uh, occurring that's not as smooth as you would think. The normal tonality is not being observed, I guess you could say. All right. Well, other than that, that's about it. Yeah. All right. Well, here's what I wanted to to say. Uh, I didn't Mm -hmm. do the full, I didn't do a full thing. We're not, you're not going to chat about it, but I just want to bring out here that in the year 2020. Yes. In the TV series, Ultraman Zed. There is an episode. I don't have the number of the episode, but the title is Rechallenge from the year 2020. Mm-hmm. In this story, our hero, Haruki, uh, well, first off, a monster appears in town. I forget which town it is, but a monster appears in the town. And the, the team from storage goes out to, to fight it. And which monster is it? Have you seen this one? I have, but I, I saw it. It's been a while. Many yeah. months ago, yes. In 2020, in fact, yeah. Yes. Um, it it um, uh, it's Pagos mm-hmm. from Rainbow's Egg. Yep. <laughs> so that creature shows up, and then suddenly, before they can do anything, that he disappears. 
Yes, I remember and that. Then, and then suddenly people are starting disappearing around town. And Haruki, our hero, meets this girl who's dressed very 60s, brightly colorful, but 60s. And she tries to convince him to kill her. And it turns out that she is a person who was kidnapped in the Ultra Q episode and taken to the year 2020 on the planet Kemmer and failed to fuse correctly with the Kemmer. Something went wrong so that the two still kind of coexisted. And now, 54 years later or whatever it is, they've decided to try invading Earth again. So that Kemmer volunteered because they could look like a human. Mm -hmm. So they sent them back to Earth in the year 2020. She's actually reading the book, Challenge from the Year 2020, by insane Professor Kondo at one point <laughs> in this story. And <laughs> like because she's on Earth now, suddenly she's, she's beginning to break apart. And so she can be a sympathetic character when she kind of schizophrenically goes back and forth between a cute girl named Corey and ejaculating Cameron. <laughs> Who <laughs> keeps spurting all over people and and making them disappear. And ultimately, Ultraman Zed has to fight. And they end up at the same uh, amusement park, the same Ferris wheel. Mm -hmm. And this is where they turn one of the things into a into a pod bomb of of camera ejaculate to uh, to get into the atmosphere. Let me tell you, the. The Ultraman Z episode is much, much better. I'm not going to say it's deep, but it's much, much better than challenge. Rechallenge from the year 2020 is better than challenge the year 2020. Rare circumstances where a sequel stands up better than the original. Yeah, I seem to remember watching that sense. and it made, yeah, right. It, it almost made sense. And yeah. I bet if I watched it now, it would be like, oh, yeah, obviously that's what's going on. Of course. Yeah, except, of course, that all the people who were kidnapped got returned, except for Utagawa. This would have been perfect if instead of cute Cory, it had been Utagawa. Oh, that would have been awesome. Yep. Oh, yeah, that would have been fantastic. Obviously, the actor is Ugh. probably not alive anymore. Oh, no, but, I mean, they, they could have, have, found they could have recast. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. would have been easy. They could have recast that one. That would have been the because that's the only unaccounted for person at the end of this episode or at the end of challenge in the year 2020. Right. So I, yeah. I mean, huh. <laughs> well. uh, but anyway, yes, uh, just so, you know, go out there and say Ultraman Zed. Love it. Oh, yeah. Watch Ultra it. It's Q. a bit serious. Yeah. Yeah. Ultra Q. I'm, I'm beginning to get. <sighs> I, I'm disappointed so far. In Ultra Q, but we are getting close to the end. So. Yes, we're um, past the halfway point. We're well past the halfway point, yeah. I think it's, this is, you know, it's the first series of this whole grand adventure. Genre, yeah. Yeah, so we got to cut it some slack right there. Plus, they it's are also really from the 1960s. They are finding their feet, yeah. Yeah. They they're, they're definitely don't know where to go with it. They don't know how to play it. They don't know which form, you know, every episode's a little bit different. And, right. You know, is the military going to be able to solve this one? Or is it, uh, you know, episodes like the the Spider King or whatever it was called, Spider Baron. Yes. Yeah, you know, Baron. so yep. completely different from <laughs> yeah. Rainbow's Egg or Challenge from the year 2020. It, it just, uh, it, the show is all over itself, uh, all over the place. And, uh, uh, well, you know, it, 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 launched a, it launched a whole long... yeah line of shows but it is some of these are some of these are rough <laughs> so, yes yes anything with turtles and kids in it are just going to be a slog oh boy yeah yeah i was going to say this is one of the weirdest things i've ever seen but i've seen the episode with the turtle boy so a grow turtle grower or whatever it was and that has to be the weirdest thing i've ever watched that was that was like delirium tremor type just level weird it's like you're, you're hallucinating here. Somebody was lucid enough to write down their their, dream, their hallucination yeah. when they were recovering from something really nasty, and they thought, you know what? Let's Typhoid just write a script and, out. Yeah. It could be malaria. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, heroin. Who knows? It could be pretty rough. <laughs> and uh, uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh <sighs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, next time. 
Uh, I know it's uh, the underwater creature Ragon, I believe. I don't have... Yeah, Undersea Humanoid Ragon. And what's the one after that? Space Directive M774. Well, uh, I can tell you that Ragon is a fairly recurrent monster in Ultra Series. Hmm. Spiny so looking fellow. looks a lot like Creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, and uh, he's, he's definitely shown up at least two or three more times. Well, that'll be next time, though. Uh, oh, uh, and then one the... other thing. When, mm. uh, uh, when Yuri was, was um, phoning her boss to report the disappearance of the model on the go-kart track. Oh, yeah. When she hangs up the phone, mm-hmm. uh, coins start coming out in the return. Oh, yeah. And yeah, she yeah, yeah. kind of whistles and looks around. Is she afraid if she takes them, she'll turn into a coin purse monster? That's a Pentagon? good question. That's a that's an interesting... I wondered what that was. Obviously, she feels guilty about the idea of taking yeah. the money. Well, and it, I couldn't tell if it's just because it's not mine. You know, it's the phone company's money, and I shouldn't take it. Or, or yeah. I you think know. something like that, if it was like a, 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 a cultural thing, you know, a common yeah. thought that it would have shown up in something else. And I've never seen that before in any of the anime I've ever watched or any of the movies. And she kind of looked up Weird. to God, too, for a minute. Yeah, too. it's like, oh, no one's looking, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. The yeah. big guy's not looking, so let's <laughs> go, yeah. And it was a, it was a uh, I, I guess I should say, since we, you're on the call, it's a weird call, too. I mean, you're a newspaper reporter. You've just seen somebody disappear, and you call up, and the first thing you say is, "Hey, boss, before I tell you what my scoop is, you got to tell me you're, you believe me." <laughs> and which the boss rightly yells at her. Yeah, well, figuring the the person who's calling, that's yeah probably not you know too invalid of a question. It's like, what is it this time? Forty foot lizard monster? Hmm. That was last week. Remember, I got the scoop. Giant plant? Yeah, exactly. And look at her track record. It's phenomenal. And yet people still go to June for expertise instead of her. Yeah. That's sexism. Tange. There is no justice. There is none. Yeah. (laughs) All right, John. (laughs) Thank you for joining me for this. You're welcome. Uh, Experience this week. That's a good way of putting experience. Uh, Eye-watering experience. Yes. (laughs) That first one I... Yeah. (laughs) Listeners, I hope you'll join us all again next time on Fusion Patrol. We hope you've enjoyed listening to Fusion Patrol, a listener-supported podcast. There are over 500 previous episodes available at FusionPatrol.com. Come join the conversation on Twitter, our website, or Facebook. Find out how you can become a supporter at patreon.com slash fusion patrol. Supporters get early access to all regular episodes, bonus episodes, and more. There's even an optional podcast series where we're looking at the classic TV series Babylon 5. Our music is Fight the Future by Amber Wolf. This has been a Lone Locust production.